good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I would like to welcome everyone to yet another episode of the show, episode number 111 in the books, hopefully a good luck number. Uh, today, a little something different, something that I've actually done in the past before. I've done once in the past before. I wanted to do it a second time, but there wasn't enough interest in it, so I just decided not to do it at all. Um, I posed a question on my Instagram account for folks to send me their uh, sports questions and I was going to talk about them on the show and that's what I'm going to do today. So I have a number of questions. I have six or seven questions that I'm going to kind of get through on this episode and I wanted to answer some of the questions that my friends had that are sport related and I'm going to get to that right now. So uh, likely spot for Shohei Otani. So I think that the main contender or, or the team that we're always that's always linked to the biggest stars is the Los Angeles Dodgers. LA is a big city. We all know that they attract some of the biggest um, free agents in in all of sports, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, hockey. I don't know, not so much. I don't really follow hockey that much, but I assume that the Kings don't really um, the Kings aren't really a draw for some of the best players. Uh, obviously. NHL is a little different with the salary cap and things. You can only spend a certain amount of certain amount of money, so it's a little different. But um, I think the Dodgers are, are the one team that kind of sticks out right away. I'll also say this: usually, when we say a guy is going to end up in a certain situation and we give it a ninety-five percent chance of happening, it's—I don't want to say it usually doesn't happen, but there's times where it doesn't happen, and it's just the way things work out. Um, I would have, so, so there was a, a list of 10 teams that was kind of revealed that are interested in Shohei Otani, although the entire league is obviously interested in them, in him, but I'm going to rattle off some of the names. So the Mets, Yankees, Blue Jays, Red Sox, Mariners, Cubs, Giants, Rangers, Angels, and the aforementioned Dodgers. Um, you could kind of look through some of these teams and Yankees. I obviously have them as, as being, uh, involved in these sweepstakes with, um, Giancarlo Stanton getting a little old, older and just not hitting as many home runs and getting on base as much as he does, as much as he used to. Um, Aaron Judge had an injury-riddled season in 2023, but the Yankees are always in the mix to sign one of the biggest players in baseball, So, and I fully expect that to be the case um, this offseason as well. The Mets have been kind of stalling the last... I would say five, six years, I think we looked at them as a team that could not only make the playoffs, but make a run at the World Series, and that just hasn't been the case. The Blue Jays, I would love him here, obviously. I mean, it would be nuts in Toronto if, if Shohei Otani signed here. Um, but we'll see if that happens. Um, Red Sox, I think Red Sox are in a difficult position because they're kind of in a rebuild, sort of, kind of. Listen, the division is very tough. The AL East is by far the toughest division in playoff in in baseball. I think it just comes down to what Shohei thinks of the team and the direction that they're going in, right? Mariners could be a sleeper. I think Seattle's been very good the last two, three, four seasons. So I think that they could be a team that kind of swoops in there and 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 makes a charge for Otani. Um. Cubs are another very interesting team. I think they had a better season than what people had originally thought. And they played well, and they could become a very um, interesting team for Otani here. 
Giants again from California, so there's always going to be that going to be that pull of, of signing there. Rangers just won a World Series, and they've known been known to splash the cash at any free agent. So, and they have the backing of the World Series, right? They just won, so you know they could say, well, you know, you come here, we the the two Pete is on, right? Angels would be, I think Angels out of all these teams here, I would have last. I I just don't see them going, and I know it's an LA team, but or a Cali team, I just don't see it happening anymore. I, I've Trout has wasted enough time in, in LA and it just hasn't worked out. They just haven't really surrounded either of them with other key figures that can help the team even make the playoffs, let alone win a World Series. And the Dodgers is, is the other team obviously that I mentioned. So I think the Dodgers, I would have Dodgers firmly over everyone else. And then Yankees followed by the Mariners. And then fourth I would have Rangers but I think the Mariners Rangers thing could kind of flip and flop a little bit but I would have Dodgers first and then Yankees so I think he's going to be I think he's going to be a Dodger uh second question does Aaron Ten Hag last the season so my guess would be no uh the next stretch of about one two three four about 10 games let's say or so will tell us a lot um they barely beat Luton Town at home this past weekend they have Everton next who Everton's actually been playing pretty well, considering they're a team I thought was going to get relegated this season. Um, and then after that, it's going to be a very tough stretch. So you have Galatasaray away, Newcastle away, who's suffering through some injuries. You have Chelsea at home, who's surging all of a sudden. You have Bournemouth at home, who's a decent team. Then you have Manchester, uh, Bayern Munich at home in the Champions League. You have Liverpool away, who's playing really well. You have West Ham away, who's a decent team, and you have West Ham or you have Aston Villa at home, who's also a very good team. So if he survives this stretch, he's going to survive the season. I, I firmly do believe if he survives the next, how many games is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine games. If he can survive these next nine games, he's going to survive the season. I, I firmly do believe that this is such an important stretch for the team, and that Copenhagen lost, lost didn't really do much for them, and. I mean, conceding two goals, what, in the last, in the 80, I think it was 81st and 86th minute, something like that. Um, didn't help the situation. There's been a lot to deal with off the pitch, which I don't blame Eric Ten Hag. The whole Greenwood situation, which I'm not going to get into. The whole Anthony situation, which I'm not going to get into. Sancho being what he is. Rashford struggling with form, which is something completely different than than the three players that I mentioned prior to Rashford. Casemiro looking human. The back line is all over the place. I mean, you're relying on Johnny Evans and and Harry Maguire to keep the ball in, from back of the net, along with Onana, who's had his struggles with his first season in, in the Premier League, the best league in the world. So there's been a lot of struggle with this team this season. Martial, Anthony came with a big price tag, hasn't fulfilled it. Sancho hasn't. Greenwood, a player that they were really counting on. We know what happened with him. And it's just been poor form kind of all over the all over the place. And like I said, it's kind of crazy that we that they're still depending on Evans and, and Maguire. And this team has just been very loud off the pitch, like I said, with the three players. And that that's not up to Aaron, Eric Ten Hag. I think the Sancho situation is kind of like it was a dust-up between Sancho and um, Ten Hag. But the Greenwood and Anthony thing, like, oh boy, like, what do you do, right? And he's asked questions about it all the time, or at least he was. 
when it first happened. Now, you know, you're trying to kind of get over it and move on, but it's always going to be, you know, a question that he has to, that he has to um, face going forward. And I don't think that's fair to him. And I think, I think those situations have placed a lot of pressure on him performing this season. And was it too much of him that, you know, kind of bit off and I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that he's lived up to the hype. I think a lot of people said that the school or Oligan Solskjaer got fired for less or sacked for less. Maybe. But um, Eric Ten Hag, I think, I think with the success that he had with Ajax, at the time I said this was a probably a proper step forward because United was struggling at the time. They needed a new voice. And they hired Eric Ten Hag and he proved that he what he did with Ajax and deserved the job and it just hasn't really worked out so far. And like I said, these nine games are crucial. If he survives this, he'll survive the season. If he gets sacked, he gets sacked. Uh, so no, I don't think I don't think he's gonna last the season. I really don't think he will. Uh, should Saudi Arabia host the World Cup? I think they will just because of their growing league and all the big time players that they've signed in the last six months or so. I found this fascinating. Like, there's a lot of transfers this summer. Just guys going to I don't want to say random clubs in Europe, but transfers that we didn't see coming. Usually, when when teams spend big, we hear about it before they actually start spending. So we'll hear like, you know, Arsenal are set to spend 300 million pounds this summer and signing, you know, a, a center back, a defensive midfielder, right winger and a center forward or whatever the case may be. I'm just throwing an example out there. We didn't really hear anything about Saudi Arabia. And then the signings just started at once. And I was like, holy smokes, like, when is this going to stop? And they just kept on signing guys, right? After Ronaldo, and then Mane, and then, say, Maximan, and then, then Mitrovic, and then Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, and then Malcolm, Neymar, like all these guys. And the league is getting bigger, and it's obviously getting better as well. And I think that they're going to get the World Cup. Just so many big-name players that, that it's going to... The appeal is there. I think Qatar was a success. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than what it was. I think Qatar was a success, so I think Saudi Arabia will be a success as well. Now, if you want to get into the political stuff, I don't really get into that. If you want to get into the political stuff, then you could debate every single country that's that's held a World Cup or a Euro. You can literally do that for every single one. So I don't really get into that, and should they, and you know, all the labor stuff, all the people who died in Qatar, like I completely understand that. But they're not going to take away the World Cup because X amount of people died constructing the stadiums or whatever unfortunately so I think Saudi Arabia is going to get the World Cup should they get it I don't know I'm the wrong person to ask but I honestly don't think that players really care where they play uh, most interesting storyline in any sport right now that nobody's talking about this one I had to really think about this one I really had to think about so and I came up with and let me pull out the standings because I want to make sure um, that they did win this past weekend. I think that they did. Um, I wanted to say 
so sorry, I didn't want to say I am going to say um, Girona. Girona's climb to La Liga dominance. Would we say dominance? Not really dominance, but so Girona currently sit first in La Liga. 13 matches, 11 wins, one draw and one loss. The one loss was to Real Madrid. 31 goals scored, 16 conceded, plus 15 goal differential. So 34 points. Second is Real Madrid with 32. Third is Barcelona with 30. So I don't think anyone saw this coming. Four clean sheets in 12 matches, which isn't anything like too crazy. Um, they lost to Real Madrid 3-0 at home. And it's just been a real cool story thus far. I don't think anyone saw this coming. I don't think even Toronto saw this coming. So it's kind of like a story to follow in the next um, little bit. I, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but I think it gets a little harder in the next few weeks. So we'll see what happens. But 31 goals scored isn't anything to sneeze at. That's more than two a game, right? That's not nearly two and a half, but it's like 2.2, 2.3 maybe. So it's nothing to really sneeze at and they've done really well so it's 2.4 a game and it's gonna be interesting how they deal with the pressure is this an, another lesser city ah, we'll see uh I, I really don't know but it's it's a real cool story and if you're not if you're not a football fan it's a story i would follow you can kind of just look at the standings every week and see how they did but uh this past week i think they're down one nil and then they end up winning two one if i'm not if i'm not mistaken and that was a huge one for them because Barcelona and, and Real Madrid are, are creeping up on them and yeah so they were they were down 1-0 and then they scored in the 42nd minute in the 65th and yeah they've been kind of dealing with everything pretty well in terms of like I'm looking at the roster right now it's not really um, Gazianiga Pablo Gazianiga who used to play in the Premier League I can't remember for who I think it was Southampton Daily Blind plays for the team uh the average football fan, I don't think, would know anyone. Christian Stuani, I think he plays for Argentina, if I'm not mistaken, or Uruguay. Um, Pablo Torre, I think he was in Arsenal's academy at one point, if that's the same dude that I'm thinking about. But yeah, it's just a really cool story. Uh, so that's that's kind of like the one story that, I, or the one storyline that no one's really talking about, or at least not the average football fan, sport fan. So that's that was really cool. I think Colorado... I guess football at the beginning of the season was was a cool story as well. They started what three and zero. Now they're I think four and six or something like that. That was cool too, and they've kind of fallen on on tough times right now. But um, Deion Sanders, if he's given more time, and he will be given more time, he'll improve this team. He has improved the de defensive side of the ball, and yeah, I think I think Colorado is going to be a really good team in, in years to come. Uh, next question: When does LeBron retire? Uh, so he'll still play this season. And I think another two seasons after this, um, he's always said that he wanted to play with Bronny, but honestly with health wise and, and the stuff that happened with him ahead of the season at USC, I don't really know. Like he still hasn't been clear to play. I don't, I'm not sure if he's practicing yet, but I think he has a, a meeting with a doctor in the next week or two and then they're gonna they're gonna see if they could ramp up some things and or if he could get started uh practicing so that's he always said that he wanted to play with brawny and then he also mentioned that he wants to play with bryce and bryce is i think like 16 so that's another at least three years before he gets to the nba right assuming he goes to college like the one year thing is still a thing right where you have to go to college or 
or the G League or whatever, and then you could come to the NBA. So I would say another this year and another, I'm going to say this season and another two seasons. So let's say three altogether, but I can see him playing maybe four, even five. I'm going to say three though. I'm going to say three, but I can see him going in four and five. And depending on like if he's happy with his role, depending on where he is in his life, does he want more time to hang out with the kids, the wife, whatever the case may be? Is he happy being, you know, three years down the road? Is he happy being like a third option or that type of thing? Like, I don't know where he's going to be at that point in his career. So that's also something to take into consideration, right? I just don't know what he's going to do. And we'll see. And he's he's held it together very well. He's been the best player for the Lakers again this season in what we've seen early in the first eight or nine games. He's been their best player. Although I think AD now is starting to close down the gap, which he should. He's a lot younger than LeBron. And I think the Lakers thought that he was going to close the gap, you know, three seasons ago, not in 2023-24 season. But I think he still has a lot in the gap and in, in, still has a lot left in the in the tank. He suffered that little injury against Suns, but I don't know if he's going to be back tonight or not. But he missed that last game against Portland Trailblazers. Um, where Lakers won, I think, but it was by six or something. But yeah, um, it's also a very interesting storyline. I think Tom Brady has kind of paved the way for guys to play in their into their 40s. Kickers, we always used to see in the NFL playing like 43, 44, 45. But quarterbacks or any other position was, nah, we didn't really see that, right? They would get to about 35, 36, and then retire even earlier. But um, I think that... Brady and LeBron are starting to pave the way a little for, for athletes to stick around a little bit longer. And I think Novak Djokovic is doing the same thing. Although Novak is, to be fair, what, two, three years younger than LeBron. So he's kind of trying to do it him his way as well in a different sport. So I think the LeBron story is a, is a cool one to follow as well. And that's coming from someone who's not a LeBron fan by any stretch of the imagination. Um and the eliminating minutes stuff was was fun while it lasted for two games. And then once Lakers saw that they're in big trouble, they they have to run out LeBron 35 to like 38 minutes, which it is what it is. If he's fine with it, then you do it. But, you know, like I said, it is what it is. Um, where does Dan go? So he hasn't managed in two and a half years. It This is weird because he was one of the better managers, at least in my opinion, when he was still managing. And now he's kind of nowhere to be seen. Uh, I think not. I assume he still doesn't speak English very well. Or he's, if he does speak it, it speaks it very little. So I think that's kind of holding him back a little bit as well. I think not knowing English. and Because if you don't know English, you're pretty much ruled out every Premier League team. He speaks French, I guess. And I, th I think he knows Italian. So French national team, French league, uh, Italian league. Italian national team like is that where we're kind of working with here I guess Spanish as well so but Spain I think he's already achieved that with Real Madrid like he's not gonna go and be the coach of Real Batiste like no disrespect to Real Batiste but you know it, it's just it's it's a weird one and I think about this actually often like how does he not have a job and I thought he would be considered for the PSG job and I think he was a little bit and I thought that um, Didier Deschamps wouldn't be I by this point I didn't think uh, he would be the man or the head coach of, of the French national team, which I thought then Zidane was going to get. 
If there's one thing I'll say is I'll I would keep an eye on Juventus and AC Milan. Uh, he played for Juventus when he was in Italy. AC Milan he hadn't played for, but we've seen managers, you know, coach other teams, so and it hasn't been an issue. Those are the two teams I kind of keep an eye on. Um, yeah, especially Juventus. I, even though they're doing well this season, so Allegri maybe even stays after this season. But it's it's very interesting to me. I don't think he's someone who would go to Saudi Arabia just yet. At least I don't I don't think so. But with no with not taking a job here, then I don't know. Maybe he would consider it. I just don't think that he should. Um, you know, Napoli just hired a ma- manager as well. So, um, but yeah, his name has been kind of thrown around with, I think even when Chelsea, before Chelsea hired Pochettino, that his name was kind of thrown around again. I don't know if he knows English or if he's learned enough to kind of get by with, but it, it's just been an interesting, um, interesting development that he hasn't been managing for like two and a half seasons. And he's, he's a, I thought he was a very good manager when he was at, at, um, at Real Madrid and everything that he did there. So it's, it is kind of weird. I honestly do think about it quite often that, that he's not, um, that he doesn't have a job. So it's, yeah, just a weird, uh, development. Uh, what position did you play when you were growing up? So when I started, I was a center back, um, pretty much, for my entire, I want to say, teenage years and even before that. I started off as a center back just because I was one of the tallest kids on the team. Um, and then once I got to men's league, that's when I started playing midfield. And then as I got into my late 20s, I started playing goalkeeper. Um, so yeah, those are those are the kind of the positions that I played. The one that I enjoyed the most was... Hmm. Definitely not center back. I hated center back. The reason why I played the position was because, I, like I said, I was one of I was the tallest kid on the team, but and they kind of needed me at that position, so I did play that. I always wanted to play midfield, so once I joined men's league, I got a chance to do that. I enjoyed it. Um, the goalkeeper's fun. I think goalkeeper's fun because you don't have any work to do for like a majority of the match, and then you have to stop a two-on-one and prevent a goal like that's the craziest that's some of the craziest stuff that can happen to you as a goalkeeper where there's nothing to do in the entire match and then you could be you know you go into a defensive shell and now you have to organize the back line and you have to do all this stuff and after not doing anything for the first like 35 minutes so that's what I uh, that was the position that I played um, growing up and that's it for the questions. So I want to thank the folks for sending me questions. I appreciate that. I try to do it when I can every f- every few couple months. Um, I think it's just a cool segment to kind of add um, versus the actual sports stuff that's going on. Um, so thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember, you could catch this podcast on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever else you listen to your podcast too. Thank you for tuning in to this episode, and we'll catch up again down the road. Take care, guys.